Hello, Cachimbonas. I am very excited to be here with my one and only, my love, Joseph, to talk today about the credit card rewards points game. This is something that is a slight departure from the usual topics of focus here at Radio Cachimbona, but I posted on the Instagram a few weeks, actually no, at this point it's been months, I posted on the Instagram when we did a staycation at Lowe's Ventana Canyon Resort, posted the beautiful pictures there. That was another experience that we had as a result of gaming the credit card reward point system. And I asked if folks would be interested in hearing a podcast about how to game the system and have these really cool experiences themselves. Uh, I know my mom is also anxiously awaiting this, this episode so she can learn how to do the same. So thank you so much, Joseph, for coming on and sharing your very specific knowledge set and very valuable knowledge set about this topic. Well, thanks, Yvette. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so the first thing that I would say is just that I'd pause this recording, become a patron, and listen to the debt-lit reviews that I did because... That was Unpacking Debt by David Graeber, which is a text that does a really good job of detangling the history of disarticulating debt and morality and by going through the history of how those two things have come to be so closely understood in relationship to each other. And I know that you also wanted to give a little intro about why you got in this credit card rewards points game. Well, uh, I guess I should say that I, I'm somebody who got who opened my first credit card more or less when I was in law school. And, you know, I, I went to law school a little bit later in life, you know, and I had never messed with a credit card before because of the experiences I had in my family had with credit cards that were negative experiences. So I grew up in a family that was in a bunch of credit card debt. And, you know, my parents were having trouble finding work or were working low wage jobs and were kind of trapped in this cycle of credit card debt. And so they always told me, you know, don't mess with credit cards. Credit cards are, are scary. Credit cards are dangerous and, and they'll screw you over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I believed that, you know, and, and I think that I still believe that that's the case for, for many people who uh, don't have steady work. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I was in law school, I I started to realize that there were ways in which the credit card companies bet on our inability to make payments. And they give these incredible incentives in the form of rewards, points, betting that we're not going to be able to make our monthly payments or that we'll lose track of the card and end up paying more than the benefits that we get. And so, you know, that's really how I got interested in the whole credit card thing it was as a way to kind of stick it back to the banks which had you know sort of fucked over my family for a long time and and I think through this being really intentional and really careful about opening credit cards accumulating points and then closing the credit cards you know at the earliest possible time I've been able to earn a bunch of value back from these giant banks and it's really fun yeah we wanted to include that caveat because We're not encouraging everybody who can get a credit card to go out and just spend a bunch of money and (laughs) to get credit card points. This episode is really about how to gain credit card points responsibly and how to maximize those credit card points. But we're not saying that 
getting a credit card and maxing it out is the smartest route. It's, it's actually usually a very dangerous route. So if you are in a financially stable place, like Joseph said, if you have an income coming in that's steady, then venturing into this game might be good for you. And we wanted to do the little, the other caveat too about how we are ourselves as first generation professionals new to credit cards as something beneficial and not something oppressive. So if that is, if you're in that situation too, then we like really, really encourage you to listen to this episode and share it with other people similarly situated because we are here for you. We want you to experience what we experience as well. Can I say one, one more, yeah. one more thing? So, um, I mean, I think that the, in terms of the caveat, the main point is that the, the things that we're going to talk about in this podcast are possible, but only if you're paying your credit card off every month, the, yeah. the main, the main way that you can avoid getting in trouble in your credit card is to make sure that you're paying off your interest, paying off your total balance every month so that you're not having to pay any interest to the credit card company. You know, if you're using, most people, many people are not in that situation. Many people are carrying a balance on their credit card, which means they're paying generally a really, really, really significant amount of interest every month. And if you're, you know, one of the many people who are in that situation, uh, that the strategies that we're talking about and on, on this podcast are not going to be for you. The, the, the more important, the more financially responsible thing to do is to, to make a plan to get out of that credit card debt as quickly as possible so that you reduce the interest that you have to pay. And these sort of games where you accumulate points, these are something that it's only really responsible to try to do if you're able to pay off all of your credit card bills every month. Yeah, that's a good, good clarification, good straightforward clarification. So do you want to share what your favorite experiences that you've had with the credit card points? Well, uh, the favorite, because I know it's hard for you to choose, but a favorite that you liked. Well, I think the favorite that that we've done so far is the the trip we had to Big Sur Mm -hmm. in January of this year. And so that was sort of our first time doing staying at a really really fancy hotel on credit card points and we stayed at the Hyatt Ventana Big Sur on the the coast of California in January of this year and we did it all on credit card points which are points that we uh, that we accumulated from Chase and then transferred to Hyatt and we were able to basically get three nights at this all-inclusive, very, very pleasant hotel for the cost basically of opening one credit card. And I think that that's probably so far my favorite experience that we've been able to do with these credit card points. Yes, that was a very, very luxurious experience. Super beautiful scenery, just unforgettable views of the ocean from our room balcony and the green fields that they have at the Ventana. I agree. Lots of hiking and the yes. redwoods, and you can walk through the organic garden that most of the food comes from, and the you know big giant fancy tub, and the multiple hot tubs and saunas, and then the you know the room service and everything. It was all inclusive, oh, yeah. right? So we were you know eating really well, and there's a big variety of really really delicious food, and and those rooms at that that hotel, the room that we stayed in, I think the cash rates. Were we to pay with money, with cash, the rate would have been like $2,700 a night. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Which is actually out of our price range. So Way out of our price range. Yeah, because I'm a writer and Joseph's a public interest lawyer. So we're not people who, we're not corporate lawyers. We don't have like, you know, disposable income like that to spend on our vacations. So it really, if it wasn't for the credit card work points, we probably would have never gone there. No, I mean, and that's what's really cool for me about, yeah, you know, people are different. Yeah, I mean, people have different goals about what they want to use these points are. But for me, using them for extravagant experiences that we will never be able to pay cash for, but because of, you know, the the sort of weird confluence of, of factors in the credit card game, we can do it for free under these particular circumstances. And so, yeah, that was a magical trip, and that and it really just made me uh, want to rededicate myself to the to the credit card game and and mm-hmm. to try to have experiences like that as often as possible. Yeah, and then more recently we stayed. Wait, we the Ritz we stayed out with points, right? Yes, the Ritz and the the Conrad Hilton in DC. Yeah, on this more recent trip. Yeah. Yeah. So I loved the Ritz. I like the service. The Ritz Carlton in DC. The right? Ritz Carlton in DC. Yes, it. It's just as soon as you arrive, you feel well taken care of. We got, it was our anniversary, so we got a complimentary bottle of champagne and chocolate-covered strawberries, which was after the complimentary glass of Prosecco that you get when you check in, which they won me over just with that alone. Yeah, the service there was just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my favorite experiences that I've had with our credit card points and... I'm, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that my favorite, it's going to be the one that we have in March when we go to Paris, Cairo, and Amsterdam on business class flights. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about why it's going to be so special? Well, so this is going to be our first time. We've we've definitely booked international travel with points before, but this is going to be our first time in lie flat business class, which I, I didn't even know that this was a thing. Yeah, but I didn't really know either. Appa- <laughs> apparently, when really rich people fly across the Atlantic, they like to to be able to recline fully in their yeah. seat. Um, which makes sense. Which actually. makes which makes sense. It's, you know, it's, it's, lovely. It's, it's, a, it's a great way. It's a great way to live. Um, yeah. So we have booked uh, some of flights for, for next spring. And we're going to fly Air Canada, uh, through Air Canada points, rather, on British, uh, I'm sorry, on um, Egyptian airways uh, to Cairo, and then on Egypt Air to uh, Paris, and then probably take a train on to Amsterdam as our current itinerary, and then fly Virgin Atlantic back from Amsterdam to the United States. And I think of those trips, the Virgin Atlantic one is really going to, is really we're hoping to be the... The pinnacle. The pinnacle, yeah. Fine. Yeah, it, it does seem like, you know... It, you can't really beat this trip that we we managed to get booked. I mean, yeah. so this is a trip that costs, uh, you know, something like eight or nine thousand dollars per ticket if you were to pay with cash. But we booked it with basically the the American Express points that you had accumulated at that from mm-hmm. from just opening one card from and, opening the Amex Gold, yeah, yeah. So you open one card, basically spend on on that Amex card, you know, mm-hmm. for a year or less, and then with a transfer bonus to Virgin Atlantic, and then we were able to to purchase two 
upper class is what Virgin Atlantic calls it. They don't call it business class. So, so they just, they'd have coach premium and upper. And we were able to snag two of these upper class seats basically for, for only the cost of these points, basically from one credit card and then some additional fees. I think that's so British that they call it upper class. I know, like, right? Like, so rude. I know, right? It's, it's a little snotty. It's a little snotty. And I think we're going to be pretty spoiled after this, Jeff. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard to go from uh, having a seat that reclines fully and they put a mattress topper on it and give you pajamas. And they give you pajamas. They give you pajamas. I feel a little weird about that, but... Well, it's, I don't think we have to wear the pajamas. No, I know, I know, I know. I'll see how I feel, how, how I approach it. But there's also a lounge, apparently, that you... It's just On the plane. On the Insane. So the Virgin, there's a there's a couple different, and so this is a newer plane for Virgin Atlantic. It's the E three fifty one thousand, and it has a whole new layout that's that's very you know luxurious. And so the this is a, a wide body aircraft in economy. There's nine seats, you know, in a, in each row, nine seats horizontally. But in the upper class, it's you know, in a one-to-one configuration, which yeah. means so one four seats across, four seats across, one by each window, and then two in the middle. Um, of course, we got the middle seats since we're traveling together, mm-hmm. and and then yeah, the lounge is this whole separate area that's close to upper class where you can kind of get up and go and order a drink or take your meal there at the lounge and, and, and like have a little date on the plane have a date on the plane <laughs> play a game and so you know it gives you even more space and, and just kind of a unique experience and, and atlantic I, virgin atlantic is kind of how do you describe it it's like a they, they consider themselves like to be hip. a quirky hip yeah, like richard branson i don't know if he's still ahead of it but for a long time he was and i guess his thing is like we're cool we're hip like we were watching a video that described that the like the music that they put on during boarding is like feels like you're in a club. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like purple lights. Yeah. It's very it's very all the lighting is purple and it's just very very groovy. It's like a delicate. Yeah, very seventies. So, you know, we've never done anything like that before and um I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I think it's gonna be What is a good starter card for someone who wants to start racking up credit card rollers? I think the best card on balance is going to be the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Yeah. Uh, and that's because the Chase program is the most, is I think the best and most versatile program. So Compared to other banks. Compared to other, other banks, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so... And I think we're going to get into talking about the different programs at the end. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, with my opening, the Chase Sapphire prefer that we book flights to Peru, Guatemala. What is the point to dollar ratio and why is it important to pay attention to that when deciding how to spend your points? Well, so that's a great question. So I think for most people who, you know, are only, you know, who have, maybe they have a credit card and and they're accumulating some points, but they haven't, you know, spent a bunch of time looking into the system and how to get the most value out of those points. Most people assume that the way to get value out of your points is you go to the rewards portal for on your credit card uh, and you can transfer those points for, you know, gifts or, or, um, 
for money sometimes or, or gift cards or whatever. And I think you and I both, when we, you know, the first time we opened a credit card, we bought, you know, some, I remember you bought some headphones and I think I bought some like, you know, some gift cards or something. Yeah. And I didn't know how valuable points were at the time that it's not a one-to-one point ratio. Like you can maximize a, the points to do something like, like have an experience that's actually unaffordable for us. Cause I can afford to buy headphones on my own. <laughs> right. And I can't afford the wind on my own. Right. Totally. And so that's, and so that's where this point, the value of the points comes in is, is that, you know, doing it through the portal of your banks, uh, of your bank is, is the easiest way to, to redeem your points. But by far the most value that you're going to get out of your points is by transferring bank points, credit card points to frequent flyer programs or to hotel reward programs. Um, and so all the major, most of the major credit card companies allow you to specifically uh, chase ultimate rewards, uh, city thank you points and, and American Express membership rewards can all be transferred outside of the bank to uh, either a, a hotel program or a airline program. And it's when you make that transfer, when you use your credit card points and you transfer them to some, uh, you research a redemption that you want to make for a flight or for a hotel, and then you transfer the bank points to the hotel or plane program, that's when you can really get this, the kinds of incredible value uh, that we're talking about. Like like we got at the Ventana or this upcoming um, transatlantic flight. And and so you can't really do that if you're just redeeming your points through your credit card reward portal. Uh, what you need to do is you need to transfer your points into some other program. And that's how you'll, you'll get the really uh, luxurious redemptions. And there's lots of little tricks like this that you need to know. And Honestly, we're still learning ourselves, like actually in booking the first class flights to Paris, Cairo, and Amsterdam, I made a mistake because I hadn't opened these airline reward program accounts for myself. So as I was, when I found a desirable flight, I made the Virgin Atlantic account and then I couldn't book it. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? frustrating it's like I see it it's so close to me and I can't do it and then I called and they were like oh yeah you can't book a flight within 72 hours after making an account so there's lots of little hiccups like this these little rules that you need to know and honestly it's annoying and I feel like a lot of also like some of these things these rewards programs do on purpose just so that you give up <laughs> like they're counting on you to lose hope and trust me I really did I fucking had like an emotional breakdown at one point um but they're counting on you on you to give up yes and that's why some of these incredible I mean that's why we're able to book I mean we the the cash rate of the flights that we have booked for this this trip to Europe and North Africa is you know we have $25,000 worth of flights booked for for basically a few points yeah. And it's and the air the air fees and 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 some fees yeah. yeah but but the fees are you know really insignificant compared to the value of yeah. the flights that we're taking I think I think we paid 
$300 in fees each on, mm-hmm. on one leg, yeah. one transatlantic leg, and 200 in fees each on the other one. And these are tickets that, you know, like I said, I, I think add up to like 25 grand if, yeah. we, if somebody was going to try to book them with cash. And the reason that this is possible is, is if you're willing to uh, fight through all these weird restrictions and all these weird rules. Uh, you also have to be kind of flexible about where the points will take you. Like, I mean, me and Joseph want to see so many places around the world. And so yeah. we're, we were flexible anyway, but we, we didn't start out by saying, oh, we want to go to Paris necessarily, or we want to go to Amsterdam necessarily. It was just, let's think of a bunch of places we want to go and then look at the rewards, flights, points, options and um, see like which places coincide with the dates that we want to travel because this is like this isn't going to be something super simple where as simple as just paying for it because when you can pay for it you can do it like that but you gotta be flexible yeah so if you're willing to be flexible then you can have these amazing experiences too what is a good card for someone who's like who knows that they specifically want to book flights for for somebody who knows they specifically want to book flights, I mean, I think still probably the Chase Sapphire Preferred is going to be your first uh, go-to because uh, you can transfer, if, I'm, if I recall correctly, directly to American and to United. Um, but, you know, both the major Amex cards and the major Citibank cards also allow you to, to transfer to... To airlines rewards programs. To airlines rewards programs. And, and of course, the airlines have these... You know partnerships with other airlines and so oh yeah 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 that's another thing to explain Ooh, that's another complicated one that's okay that's a that's for the 2.0 podcast okay. <laughs> yeah. what are the benefits of the world of hyatt card versus the marriott bonvoy card i think well, hyatt's more luxurious on the whole hyatt's more luxurious on the whole i think well I mean, you know, like the Ritz was is a, we use Marriott points at the Ritz Carlton no in way. DC, for wow. example, right? And that was pretty luxurious. But Hyatt's more consistently good. I, That's my opinion. It, I had a bad experience at Marriott Hotel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We eventually got our stuff refunded, but which one was this? The one in Scottsdale, Rowena, where they. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I get into that. <laughs> I would say Hyatt has has a slightly higher like their lowest level accommodations are at a slightly higher level than Marriott's lowest level yeah, accommodation. But what I really think is cool about Hyatt is that it's the last big international chain that does not have, that still has an award chart. And so what's an award chart? An award chart is a chart that sets a specific points redemptions values for certain hotels. So, for example, when we stayed at the Ventana in Big Sur, uh, that there was a chart that said that that room at that time was 30,000 points a night, regardless of the cash value of the room. Um, and the cash value when we stayed was, was like $2,700 a night. And so that's an incredible redemption value because, you know, the, the 30,000 points, if you uh, exchange those for cash through the Chase portal, for example, you'd only get 300 bucks or, or maybe a little bit more, depending on what card you have. Uh, but this room is almost $3,000. But it, because they have, a, they have a fixed award chart, 
we're able to get this really incredible redemption value at Hyatt. Now, Marriott and Hilton both used to have fixed award charts also. And over the past several years, they've moved away from those fixed charts and they have uh, implemented dy a dynamic pricing model. And what that means is that when the cash value of the hotel room is really high, the points rate goes up really high uh and so that it just makes it harder to get those kind it makes it more complicated less likely to get those really really good redemption values uh, hyatt has so uh, more recently has has implemented some aspects of the dynamic pricing model so they have an off peak and a peak price but uh, even so um it's still possible to find you know just really significant uh, disparities between how much the room, uh, Hyatt in particular room costs on points versus what it costs uh, with cash. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would also say Hyatt has a much smaller footprint uh, on the other side. So whereas Marriott and Hilton in the U.S., it's it's e really easy to find a Marriott or Hilton in almost any town you go to in the, in the States. That's not so much the case for Hyatt. So Hyatt for those big, you know, if you want to try to save up your points for a year or more and then have a really, really fancy, you know, redemption somewhere that you would never be able to afford otherwise. Definitely Hyatt is the program you want to be targeting. Mm -hmm. But if you want to, if you're a frequent, you know, business traveler in the States and you want to have, you know, just you want to be able to stay for a reasonable price at, at basically any airport uh, in the country, for example, you know, Marriott or Hilton might be more uh, what you want or something like that. Okay, so the last thing to talk about is the points programs at the banks. So how do you compare these different points programs like Amex versus Chase versus Citigroup? So I think Chase points, I think, are the most valuable. Why? Because you can transfer them to Hyatt. Mm -hmm. And the, the Hyatt, like I was just saying, allows for the really kind of fancy pants uh, redemptions. You can just get really good deals on Hyatt. And so uh, Chase is the only big bank that you can transfer directly to Hyatt. And so, mm. so I like Chase for, for that matter. Mm -hmm. uh, Amex and uh, Citibank are the other two big programs where the points can be transferred to, to lots of uh, hotels and, and airline companies. Uh, you know, I, we should say that there's other, like we have some like Bank of America cards, for example, and those cards can be are a good way to get like five hundred bucks out of Bank of America, but those points can't then be transferred to anywhere. And we've done the same with Barclays and Charles Schwab. And... <laughs> Don't have those. That's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I, so I guess Chase is the best. Amex and Citibank are what a close second. I'd say, yeah, Chase is the best, and, and Amex and Citibank are the other two that, that I would look at closely. Um, Bank of America is trifling. Okay. Yeah, Bank of America is, is trifling. They won't let you, you know, they'll give you all these points, quote unquote, but then all you can do is get gift cards or, or cash <laughs> out of them. And yeah, well, it's sad because, you know, you want to be able to pool all your points together somewhere and get some kind of big redemption. And yeah, so you can only, for the most part, you, you, the big banks you can do that with are City. Chase and uh, an American Express. Well, okay. Well, those are all the questions that I had. Is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you did want to add in? 
Well, no. I mean, I think there's a lot more we could talk about, but we should probably save it for some uh, future podcast. Maybe a report back from our big trip uh, that we have mm-hmm. that we're planning in the spring. Yeah, and we are plan. I am planning on putting referral links for the Chase Sapphire. Ah, uh, yes. In the in the show notes for anyone who is interested. Yeah, and if you're not eligible for the Chase Sapphire, we might also put a referral link for the maybe for the Amex Gold and the City Premier. Okay, cool. So yeah, we're excited for you all to start your credit card rewards points journey. I want to hear about any exciting trips that you all book on your journeys. Um, and thanks so much, Joseph, for coming onto the podcast. Thank you. Bye, everyone.